0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market. Like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com.
2: Welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Gabi Dalkin of What's What'sGabiCooking.com. Hi. How's it going?
3: I'm gr- It's good. Yeah. Pumped to be here. It's it's a, it's a fun little place. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. It's
2: all yours. Check out, you know, us on Instagram and all this stuff. Gabi is going to be yes. showing everybody pictures today. I just
3: Instagrammed a, a <laughs> pic of where we are, too. Yeah. Later, um, there will be pizza. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Later. I like that as as as... A new show later there like it's a threatening <laughs> show, later there will be pizza um,
3: let's do that.
2: There is a pizza in your book, and we'll get to that in, eventually, but you're here today for many a reasons. Uh, I started reading your website a few years back, and you know it, it, it's that combination of doing something that you love and being passionate about it, not just doing it for some kind of end goal, but trying to figure out what it is. During the process, yeah, that is so charming. Um, yeah, and so right, you know.
3: It's a, it's weird how you just kind of fall into things and make them work. Yeah, I never expected to be where I am today, but I'm glad I'm here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, let's talk about where you were. Yeah, grew up in Tucson, Arizona.
3: Yeah, so I grew up in Arizona with like all the guacamole in the world. I was a hop, skip, <laughs> and a jump over to Mexico. Um, my girlfriends and I used to drive over on the weekends all the time. We would pretend we were in college. We were like 15 years old. (laughs) Totally weird. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Arizona, ate a lot of Southwestern inspired Tex-Mex food. Um, I grew up playing tennis, so we did a lot of traveling around the Southwestern states. Um, and you know, just eating my way through things. And luckily I played tennis, so I didn't get super fat until later (laughs) in life. (laughs) <laughs> when I went to college. Um, just kidding. I'm not really fat. <laughs> no, not
2: at all. No one can see you on radio. You can tell them whatever you want.
3: <laughs> well, I'm also not yeah. really skinny. I eat like 12,000 avocados a year.
2: But it's good fat.
3: It's great fat. And it's so good for your hair. It's good for your skin, your eyesight. It has so many amazing, you know things about yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I accidentally lathered in it this morning having an avocado toast, but best breakfast ever. Yeah, it is fantastic. Did you put
3: anything on it or just avocados? I
2: didn't even look at the recipe and I just happened to lemon, salt and a little Pepper. bit of chili flake.
3: Do you know what I'm most recently obsessed with? Tell me. This is a little bit fatty of me. <laughs> Burrata cheese on top of avocado toast. With some chopped up cherry tomatoes.
2: Yes. Just keep on stacking up. Yeah. It's like Maybe some bacon. Cherry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are here because of this beautiful book we have in front of us. Absolutely Avocados. Yeah. Can you believe it? Your first cookbook it's out. It's like my baby. Yes, it is. It takes that long to actually come out.
3: Like longer. Yeah. <laughs> I was pregnant for like three children. <laughs> well,
2: we're going back to your childhood. That is like one of the worst segues I've ever had on air, but... Tex-Mex food, mm-hmm. Southwestern cuisine, you know, has these influence, obviously, of Mexican. Right. But what's your background? What does your family cook? In?
3: So, I'm. my mom is German. My dad comes from all over. I like to call him a mutt. We don't really know where he comes from. But um, we grew up in a very German cooking household. My Omi would make us all these amazing schnitzels and, you know, German potatoes, everything. So, I really... Um, didn't cook Southwestern or Tex-Mex cuisine until I got to college, and I was kind of on my own. Um, and it just kind of came to me. Like, I was, I went to culinary school. Like, I'm classically trained in French, French cuisine, but that's so not my style. <laughs> like, I like to keep things easy and simple but tasty at the same time. And I think the Tex-Mex style – southwestern influence with a little california cuisine kind of lends itself to the way i like to cook and eat which is mostly healthy and sometimes super indulgent yeah <laughs> so
2: <laughs> i i live by those same means even right? though i'm on the you know east coast but can you can you tell me a little bit more about what california cuisine is i think it's changed so many times throughout you know the decades sure. since it was defined
3: sure so i i think about california cuisine well, one, eating seasonally. I mean, I do a lot of shopping at my farmer's markets, and I usually just buy whatever kind of produce is there and then figure out what I'm cooking once I get home. And also, I think California cuisine is is pretty light. You know, you have a lot of flavor without making anything crazy. So if you have these gorgeous tomatoes from the farmer's market like they have right now in summer – you don't have to do a lot to them. You don't have to roast them. You can just slice them, put a little salt and pepper on them and keep it easy and simple and you get the great flavor that some amazing California farmer put in, you know, he put a lot of work into that. Well,
2: let's walk through your farmer's market right mm-hmm. now. Because okay. you were telling me already about all the amazing avocados, but... What what surrounds you at the moment? What are your, ins- you know, inspired ingredients?
3: So right now I'm obsessed with peaches and nectarines. Like I eat my weight in peaches and nectarines <laughs> on a weekly basis. My farmer's market's on a Wednesday. And literally my husband knows that when he comes home on a Wednesday, there's not dinner. It's just fruit. Like yeah. go to town. Also cherries. I ate a lot of Rainier cherries. Um, tomatoes are really phenomenal right now. They have all these beautiful lemons at my market. Um, the greens are gorgeous, you know, stuff like that. I'm stone fruits, though. Totally my jam at the moment.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm waiting for them to creep up from the south I right know. now. Those Georgia peaches. And- I
3: know. Oh, my God. They're so good. I just made this um, peach streusel ice cream, and it was like sauteed peaches with a streusel and vanilla ice cream. It's going on my blog in a few weeks. I died. It was yeah. so good. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, these ideas... That happen in your head about, mm-hmm. you know, new dishes, n- new flavors. Where do they come from? Uh, is there inspiration of travel? Is, <laughs> is you know, do you read other cookbooks?
3: Um, so my ideas come from two different places. One, I get a lot of ideas when I'm working out. And I'm like, God, I hate working out. I really just want to be eating right now. <laughs> so some of them come from that. And then I do a lot of traveling for my job, um, As a food blogger, you know, I get to go a lot of fun places for, you know, lifestyle-type posts and to learn about different brands and, you know, Washington cherries and stuff like that. So I try a lot of food where I go, and then I kind of get to go home and make it my own and bring it into my kitchen and share it with my readers how I would make it, you know, my interpretation.
2: Again, what I said about your blog earlier, you know, taking something that you love doing and turning it into a profession, I mean… Can you ask for anything more?
3: No, I mean I'm so I'm it, I'm so lucky to be able to call what's got be cooking my career. It's really, I mean, it hasn't always been my career. Yeah. It took four years to get my blog to where it is today, and w- I was able to leave the personal chef world and you know just focus on my brand. But um, I mean, I'm so happy about it. Well,
2: I mean, let's talk about personal chefing too, okay. because you're not just cooking for yourself; you're cooking for a client, somebody yes. else. And you've had some pretty cool and illustrious people, Jessica Simpson, of note. How did you get into that field, and how was it working with these specific people?
3: Um, So I've been super fortunate. Everyone that I've worked with is kind of amazing. I'm in love with all of them. Um, Personal chefing is so funny because you really are going into someone's family. Like, you're being a part of their family. You're in the kitchen with them, which is where most families hang out. You know, you're making them lunch, dinner, whatever. So I got (laughs) – it's funny how I got into it. I started culinary school, and my mom was like, if you're going to go to culinary school, you're going to need a job. So I got a part-time job and I interviewed for this family to be a nanny. And I was like, but FYI, I can't work, you know, on these dates or times because I'm in class. And they're like, oh, you're, you know, you're a culinary student? Do you want to be our personal chef instead? We just lost ours. And I was like, can I charge more? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, a little. And I was like, done. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Um, And it just was from there. And then I got other clients by word of mouth and I kind of... Stayed with everyone for like a year, a year and a half, two years, and then moved on. And I just left um, last August.
2: Oh, that's it? Yeah. Really? So Recently. Wow, less than a year yeah. of, of a full-time What's gobby Cooking. Yeah. But you've had that blog for what, four years now? Four years, yeah. And why did you want to start that? Why Was it personal? Was it that's projecting? That's such a good
3: question. I don't know. <laughs> everyone asks me that, and I try and remember why I started it and why I picked com Like... I could have picked something cute. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it was, I think I started it right before I went to culinary school and I really hated my job that I had out of college and I just needed some sort of creative outlet that gave me some pleasure, you know, working. My job was not fun and I hated my boss. Wait, I hope wait, they're listening.
2: was that? <laughs> was that a personal chef? Or was that no, no.
3: Yeah. I was working um, kind of in the fashion marketing industry in yeah. LA. Didn't like it. Um, I didn't really hate my boss, but I just didn't <laughs> like my job. And, you know, I just wanted something fun and creative. And my food photography pictures were so ugly. Oh, my God. They were so embarrassing. It's so funny to go back and look at them.
2: Oh, I'm going to scroll through now. You should.
3: Chicken pesto pizza. Oh, it's (laughs) shameful.
2: Yeah. It's funny. People always try to do this very complex dish for their first, like, food photo. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cook this. But you have to have not only the skill, but the timing, the lighting. and Yeah. Take a picture of a tomato. Take a picture of one piece of produce that's in you know, complete perfection, and you get a much better image that way.
3: Chicken pesto pizza not only sat out of the oven for, like, 15 minutes, so the cheese, like, congealed. Also, it was on one of those really, like, ugly countertops that just has a lot going on, <laughs> and I totally used overhead lighting and a flash. Oh, wow. It was really bad.
2: What would Matt say?
3: Oh, God. Matt has would he be-
2: lambasted you?
3: No, I don't know if Matt has seen it.
2: Okay, well, this is a call... To, uh, Matt and you you could pronounce his last name for Matt me, Armendariz of mattbites.com yes I've always loved his work and you he's two amazing. collaborated on this book and, yes and sh- we he our- did all the photography yeah. for it and you're good friends he's also my bestie
3: yeah. he was in my wedding he's an amazing person yeah
2: Again, this career path where you end up getting to work with really cool people at the same time. like
3: It's so cool. Yeah. that yeah. That's
2: kind of a fantastic thing.
3: The food world's a good place to be. It ain't too shabby. I'm no. enjoying
2: it. Come visit me <laughs> in the back of Roberta's any day. Um,
3: Done.
2: Back to the blog. You know, four years of doing the same thing can sometimes feel rote or mundane. How do you keep that, you know, lively and, and, and you know, how do you re-energize yourself?
3: Sure, it's sometimes really hard. I find that travel is a big part of it. I need to I need to go somewhere and experience new cuisine and meet the people that are making this food and see the passion that they bring to making some bread or, you know, throwing a pizza, whatever it is. I need to see that and get like re-jazzed about going back and making it at home.
2: Who are some of your recent visits?
3: Um. There's this bread maker over in Manhattan, and I'm totally blanking on the restaurant name, but his name is Kamal, and he makes the most amazing bread in the history of bread as far as I've had it. I mean, I'm happy to try more, <laughs> so if you want me to try your bread, just tell me. I'll yeah. come. Um, but it was, he made this white chocolate brioche that just what? blew my mind, I, and I, it, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. It's super cool to see people doing what they love. So, Yeah.
2: So you need a little bit of bread for your avocado toast, of course. Oh,
3: yeah. You you got to have bread. I'm a carb. I love carbs. Yeah. Love them.
2: But avocados. Mm-hmm. When did they come into your life? How, how did they become such a large part of your life?
3: It's so funny because when we moved to Arizona when I was five... My mom took us all out for dinner, like everyone that helped us move. We went to this Mexican restaurant, and the server put guacamole on our table, and I literally was that kid, and I threw a fit. (laughs) So embarrassing when I think about it. But my mom was just like, you can have a no-thank-you helping. And when we are little, a no thank you helping is when you have to try something. And if you don't like it, then you can say no thank you. But you at least have to try it. Oh,
2: so you weren't even willing to touch the stuff. No. no. I was like,
3: green <laughs> slime, gross. Yeah. Like, see you later. I'll take the chips. Yeah, um, But I had a no thank you helping. And my mom just like looked over five minutes later. And I literally was just shoveling guacamole into my <laughs> face as a five-year-old. So, it started then. Yeah. Um, and you have such excellent
2: skin. Yeah. It's yeah. the
3: avocados <laughs> glowing. Um, so, I started when I was young and I just never stopped. And I would come home from school with my friends and make us quesadillas in the microwave and some guacamole on the side. And, you know, I always loved cooking for people. So, in guacamole is really easy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> College, when you actually started cooking for yes. yourself. Was it guacamole on top of everything? It seems like such a great foil for, I'm not sure about this part of the, you know, dish, but guacamole, guacamole cha- on top yes yeah.
3: what is that saying like per- put a bird on it? What, yeah. it yeah put guacamole on top <laughs> i'm gonna start that excellent thank you yeah
2: that's your you could that could have been your blog that should have been
1: yeah. my book yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe number two um so yeah i mean if you're sauteing some chicken and some onions for dinner because this is what i did in college chicken onions pepper saute with with a lot of cheese um, hence my freshman 15. (laughs) And then I put some guacamole on top and it was so good. And no one in college cooks were at least when I was there and everyone would come over and was so impressed with me. And I was just like, God, this is so much fun to have everyone, you know, so like, Ooh, Gabby made us dinner. So I just kept doing it.
2: Can I just tell you your list of 50 things (laughs) about yourself on your website? I love that you lead with that. I'm absolutely obsessed with cheese, which you, yeah. you know just said, and then you say, "Oh, I'm 26 years old." Yeah, like
3: just turned 27. <laughs> 27 last you're week. You have to change. Huh? Yeah. Oh, um, good call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but
2: it's it's amazing that like you'd rather tell someone how obsessed you are with cheese than your age.
3: Oh yeah. I mean I don't know. I feel like age doesn't really matter. Yeah. I, you know, you can be, I've met really cool 14 year olds that are like far and away ahead of me in their careers. And I'm like, you should go for it. It doesn't matter if you're 14.
2: I want to parlay that into mentoring. You Mm -hmm. know, this is a question I wanted to ask later. You're surround, Matt, of course, I know you're friendly with Aida Mullenkamp. Yes. Been on this show before. She has? she, and (laughs) wonderful, you know, like bright, energetic Mm -hmm. people. How important is it to surround yourself by that kind of community? So
3: Important. Super, super important. I consider I have this amazing group of people I've met through blogging, like Matt and Aida that you mentioned, a few other people. Um, one of my good friends, Joy the Baker. She lives in L.A. You should have her on. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know these people are all really lovely, and they're so creative and positive. And it's just so nice to be able to sit down to dinner and not really talk shop but talk inspiration. And you just play off each other. And then you leave dinner and you're just so – you're re-inspired, reinvigorated, and you just feel like pumped to be alive. So I think being a mentor, mentoring someone is – and being the mentee is really important to the career.
2: Blog her network.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, meeting people through that. I mean, the blogging world is so funny because people are so giving – People are just want to help you and like give you a hug and be your friend. So as a blogger, you just have to learn how to reach out and just kind of like put yourself out there and people will, people will lend you a hand.
2: It's funny. You know, I always think that the blogging industry or food blogging industry um, has taken cues from restaurants or, Mm -hmm. but I think it's the other way around when it comes to sharing sometimes. Yeah. Because for so long I worked in restaurants that were very uh, communal Mm -hmm. in a sense of, you know sharing ideas, sharing notes. But there is like this lockdown as yeah. well. And I think blogging's actually open up a whole bunch of, of, you know, community support. Right. Um, that wasn't there before. In- I think
3: I think it's because when you're a blogger, people are coming to your blog to read your voice. So I don't necessarily feel competitive with any of my blogging friends. You know, they people are going to their blogs to hear their voice. So I'm totally OK to, sh- you know, share away like let's all let's talk whatever you want to talk about and let's all benefit from it because there's a lot of people out there that will want to read your blogs and they're all gonna you know they'll go where they want to go
2: i like that we're gonna take a quick break and come back and talk about slutty brownies
3: oh snap
2: <laughs> you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio Network.org. we'll be right back And welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Michael Harlan Turkell here today with Gabby Dalkin. What, and what? You know, we've talked about, uh, we've speckled it a little bit with avocados. Okay. Um, and we're going to get to that in a second, but we can't, you know, gloss over slutty brownies. No,
3: those are not to be glossed no, over ever.
2: No, and they've made an appearance on what? Jay Leno's yes. Tonight Show. And well, they, they Jess are. was
3: amazing to talk about them on Leno for me because I made them for her during her first pregnancy and we were all so obsessed with them. I mean, I've eaten more slutty brownies than <laughs> or probably any doctor would ever recommend. But because whatever. doctors
2: often recommend slutty brownies. They should.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Apple a day, forget it. Yeah. Slutty brownie a day. Fully support that. So
2: tell me about these things because you see the picture and your brain just shuts down for a second. They're a little you're slutty. They're
3: slutty. Okay, so slutty brownies are... These really amazing desserts. I mean, you could have them for breakfast, too. Whatever floats your boat. But it's a layer of cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough, and then a layer of Oreos, and then a layer of brownie batter, and then you bake it all into the oven at the same time for like 35, 40 minutes, depending on how big of a pan you used. And then you have to chill it; otherwise, it'll fall apart. But once it's chilled, you can cut it, and you have this glorious brownie that's layered with three amazing things. I mean, if you're not into Oreos, you could probably use like another chocolate wafer cookie. No, if
2: you're not into Oreos, you just we can't be
3: friends. Yeah, I mean, just kidding. We can be friends. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's pretty decadent, and there's, I mean, there's not much better in life than a slutty brownie. No,
2: no. Except for avocados.
3: Except Which for is- avocado <laughs> slutty brownies. No, I'm kidding. I've yeah. never done that.
2: But there are avocado brownies in the book.
3: Yes. That's one of the coolest things about avocados is you can use them in replace in replacing butter. And it's a great fat. So you're not only cutting out like a, a two tablespoons of butter has like 200 calories or something. And two tablespoons of avocado is 50 calories. So you're cutting your calorie intake like more than in half. Yeah. And, and you can't it, taste the difference. It's
2: a mayo substitute as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what? It's a monosaturated fat.
3: Right. No trans fats, none of the bad stuff in it. It's just so, it's It's great. Like, who want? you can have a cookie and it can be good for you. Yeah.
2: So tell me a little bit more about these glorious, and they're fruit, right? They're berries. Avocados, yeah. yes.
3: Avocados are a fruit. They have a pit in them. Be careful when you slice them open. You don't want to, you know, slice your hand open. That's dangerous. I have a new video coming out on my site that will teach you. Yeah. I need
2: one of those for mangoes. Oh. Those are the bane of my existence. Yeah, mangoes
3: are tough. (laughs) Avocados aren't quite as hard as mangoes. But anyways, avocados, yes, they're a fruit. They're amazing. Um, I think we said earlier they're filled with vitamins and minerals. They're good for all sorts of things. Um, There's more potassium in an avocado than there is in a banana. Crazy, right? Which is why you can put avocado in your breakfast smoothie instead of a banana. And you're getting this amazing smoothie that t- will still taste just like a strawberry, berry, whatever smoothie you want. But it has crazy amounts of potassium in it and avocado. Yeah. So it's good for your hair.
2: Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Well, I mean, both by ingestion and exfoliation. Yeah. But-
3: Sometimes if yeah. you get if you have like an overripe avocado and you don't want to cook with it, I like to mash it up and like slather it on my hair. And it's kind of like a hair mask. <laughs> creepy looking yeah. but it's really good for your hair so yeah you the
2: hair mask avocado hair mask eating avocado and yeah it's just avocado all over the place sometimes on the walls yes the when and- we
3: when i was recipe testing this book I, my husband would come home and i would be like covered in avocado and everything on the counter was avocado and i'd be like try it all right now <laughs> before before it turns brown it was a lot of avocado well, all the time i
2: mean before i was complimenting you about a single subject book hmm you know, sometimes they can go astray and be not redundant, but They're tough. Yeah, and how do you make something like this? You know, uh, how does it have reach? How does it have breath?
3: Yeah, well, avocados. I think I w- avocados are amazing. Like, you really can use them in everything from breakfast, lunch, dinner, desserts, snacks, drinks, whatever. I was going to make an avocado mar- avocado margarita. Didn't get around <laughs> to it next time um but you know i i think a a lot of the recipes in the book are inspired by my travels and so i just kind of would be like oh i'm obsessed with tostones you know these fried plantains how can i work avocado into that or i'm such a grilled cheese kid like i will eat grilled cheese until the day i die if i'm home with my parents papa Dawkins making me grilled cheese so i was like we should put a grilled cheese with avocado in it and it turned into this um croque monsieur that's oh, layered yeah. with avocado and prosciutto and cheese it's it's it is absurd it's so good yeah
2: well i mean i flipped to the pupusas as well oh my God. which what are they ecuadorian or yeah. el salvadorian Salvador- yeah.
3: yeah um there's this woman at my farmer's market in la at the brentwood farmer's market and she makes the most phenomenal pupusas on the face of the earth and i went to her and i said i want to put pupusas in my book will you teach me how to make them and she, she kind of did. <laughs> she wouldn't give me all of her secrets, but I think I figured it out. And I'm like, papooses are so awesome. And you just can serve them with an avocado crema instead of, you know, sour cream and stuff like that.
2: Sauces, vinaigrettes. Mm-hmm. Salad
3: um, dressings.
2: For carnitas. Because oh. also one of the, fav- you know, 50 things about you is how much you love pork.
3: Love me some pork.
2: That's fat on fat. But <laughs> yes. how do they complement each other? So,
3: I carnitas are so awesome because there's it's slowly cooked pork. You cook it in, you know, fresh orange juice, lime juice. I throw a little salsa in there to get a bit of kick, and then when it's done cooking, I put it in the broiler and get it really crispy. So then you put guacamole on it and you're getting this smooth guacamole with this crisp pork and it's like this total crazy explosion in your mouth and it's gonna make you go bananas it's so much fun
2: and which avocado do you use for that
3: well I, I all the recipes in the book are made with haas avocados because those are the most widely available avocado um, but I've you know you can you really can use them interchangeably I'm yeah. kind of into the bacon avocado and then it's and then it's pig with more guac with like a bacon avocado which is like a it doesn't taste like bacon but you kind of just yeah want to pretend that it does yeah <laughs> um it's a lot of pig <laughs> yeah
2: i mean how many varieties of avocados are accessible in the u.s right now
3: um that's such a tough question there are hundreds of kinds of avocados most of them are available in california but they're all seasonal so right now i think we've got the fuertes in season um the nabals which are these giant like cannonball looking avocado things they're super fun to look at and throw at people just kidding i don't (laughs) recommend that it's a waste of an avocado um you know there are all sorts of ones if you from kind of san diego up until central central california there are tons of varieties that are usually available at local markets so let's
2: dispel a couple old wives tales or maybe they aren't do it ripening avocados Does a paper bag actually help?
3: So, yeah. But you got to put it in with a banana or an apple. And the natural gas that the apple and the banana give off ripens avocado faster. Yeah. And I like to buy my avocados really hard because I don't want to get home and have an overripe avocado. I want it to ripen on my counter. So, yeah, putting it in a bag with a banana and apple, it'll go twice as fast.
2: How quickly? Like next day, day after? It depends.
3: It depends how hard it is. Like if you're getting a rock solid avocado that was just picked, you know, that morning that'll probably still take a couple days but if you just left it on the counter it would take six or seven days well
2: avocados do they ripen on the tree or off the tree
3: off the tree yeah they don't ripen until you pick them so if you're a really amazing avocado farmer and i love avocado farmers you can leave some on the tree until the winter and then pick them in the oh, winter really? and have these amazing avocados when california avocado season really ends kind of in october
2: do you have an avocado tree <sighs>
3: One day yeah
2: how long does it actually take to bear fruit
3: it's a I think it's like a three year process yeah. it's quite, it's quite hard to make avocados fruit like it's the avocado farmers that I know are very smart people and they have to crazy things yeah crazy things. because you
2: know you, you throw away that seed and yeah you, what, what can you do with it? Can you grow your own avocado tree?
3: you can but you have to like cross Pollinate it. I don't. I don't know the proper terminology, but you have to like breed it with the mother tree, and you like graft a part of the mother tree on, and then it grows. I should probably know this, considering you wrote a book. book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how to grow your own yeah. avocado tree. Um, yeah, but you have to. There's something that has to go into it, and then you can, and then it can bear fruit. But the the seeds, if you do plant it, it will sprout a little something.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like that potato that you used to do in elementary school. Exactly. Which, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Yes totally like that the
2: refrigerator is it a friend or foe of the avocado
3: um it depends if you put a ripe avocado in the fridge it'll make it last for about a day or two longer than it would on the counter but um once your avocado is like ready to go keeping it in the fridge isn't going to help very much like you just have to eat it it's a tough job someone's got to do it so
2: you cut it in half Mm -hmm. what's the best way for it not to brown is it taking the seed out is it lemon
3: lemon juice leave the seed in so if you're gonna eat only half of an avocado cut in half eat the half that does not have the pit in it and the half that does have the pit in it pour some like fresh lemon juice or lime juice or a little olive oil on top of the exposed flesh of the avocado wrap it in plastic wrap and then stick it in the fridge
2: what is an alligator pear
3: Oh, my God. It's an avocado. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of look I, like it?
2: Yeah, I love that. I'd never heard that term before. It's fun, just right? And I find it fascinating. Yeah,
3: because avocado skin is alligator and it's rough and pebbly, and it's the color of an alligator. It will not chase after you like a real alligator. I've seen that before. Yeah,
2: that'd be scary if the avocado is like night of the leopards just came after i had a dream night. about that once. Oh yeah yeah so it was in the middle that's of the how much of the avocados testing. is in: well yeah. yeah there were
3: like hundreds of avocados going through my kitchen at one point in time it's no wonder i dreamt about them
2: why do i always think the word aguacate is watermelon
3: it's n- i don't know
2: yeah i think that's just a personal thing that i have to figure out for no, myself No, i mean i there. get that
3: <laughs> i get it but aguacate is an avocado
2: yeah yeah but where does it come from
3: What do you mean? The
2: actual origin of that word.
3: Oh, that's in my book. And that's a great question that I should know the answer to. But we'll have to flip to that page.
2: (laughs) We, We can flip to that. I think I remember, but I don't know how to pronounce the Spanish word um was similar to that and that's where guacamole came from oh
3: you're right yeah you're right yes we're gonna have
2: people buy the book so they can figure it out for themselves turn
3: to page 27 or something oh do you
2: you really know no (laughs) i
3: was totally kidding i have no idea
2: oh i thought it was like this rain man of avocado kind of thing happening
3: that would be funny
2: so after being the avocado lady yeah what's your next what's next single subject or what's your next book or for a
3: um so I'd really like to do the What's Gabi Cooking cookbook. I'm really into entertaining and my I, I eat in a very interesting way like i like i said earlier it's mostly healthy some sometimes decadent and it kind of is in this arc like you eat really healthy monday tuesday wednesday and then it starts going kind of downhill and then i'm gonna have i want it to be like slutty saturdays so you have like slutty brownies and slutty mac and cheese and like really decadent things on saturdays and then you you know clean it up again on monday
2: because you know a diet doesn't mean you have to. St- deprive yourself of everything all the time those never work so no you need you need to have that little flourish
3: yeah and it's like if your flourish is a a bowl of guacamole with some really delicious chips on a saturday that is not a bad thing to you know dive into
2: so let's talk about some of the desserts too because you know we we talked about avocado brownies really quickly substituting Mm -hmm. some of the fat You have a great avocado ice cream. Yeah. With uh, coconut milk.
3: Avocado coconut ice cream.
2: Avocado chocolate chip cookies.
3: Those are my favorite. They're really good. Are
2: they they sneaky ways of getting people to eat avocado? Or do you think they actually make the recipe better?
3: Um, Both. I think they do make the recipe better. I'm into chewy baked goods. I don't like a crisp cookie. I want it to be a little undercooked in the middle. And when you cook with avocado, the cookies are gonna be chewy throughout because that's what an avocado lends itself to. Um, it's really funny though, when I was developing the recipe for all the baked goods, I would have all of my guy friends from college over and I wouldn't tell them their avocados and anything. And I would just see what they were, what their reaction was. And when I finally nailed the cookie, they like demolished them. And I was like, okay, it's good enough to go in the book now. If they don't know there's avocado in it and they ate 17 each, I think we're good to go.
2: You live in California, mm-hmm. obviously surrounded by avocados. Um, have you ever traveled down to mexico and seen some of the trees and orchards down there
3: i haven't but i should yeah, because i
2: i don't know like in my head i can kind of picture what it would look like or maybe even what it would smell like yeah but why is it only those spots california i mean obviously the terrain i'm assuming
3: chile too there yeah. are a ton of avocados in chile yeah it's just the climate you know it's the perfect and i think in san diego it's you know there. are Um, I think avocado tree groves are mostly on hills and they allow for like, you know, the water to flow off and there's just great, you know, moisture in the air up in these like valleys and stuff. Yeah.
2: But it's cool because you see that influence of where avocados are grown in your food and Mm -hmm. you know, the the avocado chimichurri on the steak and yeah, um, but you're also not scared to introduce avocados into cuisines that don't have avocados. Yeah. And you know, I think that's goes back to, traveling around, learning about new things and incorporating that into your life rather than into a defined cuisine.
3: Right. And I just want everybody to eat more avocado. Like it's we'd all be happier. Yeah. Everyone would be a happier camper.
2: So any other avocado tips?
3: Hmm. Oh, well, if you're in a pinch and you just want to eat something delicious, I like to cut my avocado in half. Sprinkle it with salt and pepper and a little lemon or lime juice and literally eat it with a spoon out of the skin like a little like a little bowl, an avocado bowl with avocado in it.
2: It's easy cleanup.
3: Right. (laughs) Who doesn't love that? Um, Yeah, it's a great way to do it, especially when you're on the run. And, you know, here in New York, you could do that on the subway.
2: Oh, believe me, I've seen people eat so much worse on the subway. I would I would be ecstatic. Someone, you know, e- you know, Wouldn't eating an cool? avocado cup. Yeah, that would be really cool yeah, to see sh- that. You should flash mob it.
3: I. Oh my god, <laughs> that might happen.
2: I'm sorry if someone's sitting on a train and people flash mob avocado cups. Not my fault. That
3: would be the most tame flash mob. <laughs> exactly. Ever. Exactly. There would have to be some sort of dance incorporated into it. I'm sure we can. I'm figure a huge out. flash mob fan. Uh oh. Big time.
2: Well, I I may have started something. <laughs> no apologies, because I want to embrace the avocado as well. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Fifty things that you know you present to your public Mm -hmm. is there anything else that's not on that list
3: um oh my gosh i don't even remember what's on that list right now it's
2: mainly about how much you like cheese
3: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm kind of a cheese whore i love like i will eat a whole block block of cheddar colby jack from costco if need be yeah um what's not on the list well
2: now that you've turned a year older is there is there some kind of you know insight that you gained um, both through cooking, through the cookbook process, that you really feel like you can now share?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's all about putting yourself out there. Like, I never expected to be where I am today, but I had this crazy idea to write a book about avocados, and I didn't think anybody would take me seriously. And my publisher was, like, super pumped about it. And, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened unless I kind of just put my crazy idea out there and let it, you know, float in the wind until it got picked up.
2: Excellent. Well... If you don't like avocados, you can still go to whatscobbycooking.com. Yes,
3: there are plenty of other recipes there, too. <laughs>
2: but it's, it's a fantastic site. This is a absurdly amazing freshman book, and I can't wait to Thank see the next you. and the next and the next and the yes. next. And I have another avocado for dinner. I, nice sitting there waiting
3: high five to you i might
2: fill one in for lunch oh my god trifecta. i would have brought
3: you california avocados i should have thought about we'll that we'll make a
2: little trade I i'll will come not back. send you any new york avocados
3: no but i'll come back and okay. bring you a big boatload Fantastic. of bacon avocados
2: i can I it's a deal done bacon avocado blts in the house <laughs> well thank you again so much being on absolutely avocados Gobby dalkin what's Gobbycooking.com.
3: talk to you guys soon yeah
2: Fantastic. This I am was awesome. I'm just so full of av- avocado inspiration and yes. right now. <laughs> you
3: can do avoca- Absolutely Avocados Volume 2. I'll be there. Yeah.
2: You've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you
1: back here next Tuesday at 3.
2: Cheers. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website.